Good morning, new community. This is Amy Hook. And Clara Hook. Thank you for joining us today. We are so thankful to call this church our home and have been part of new community for what will be 12 years this summer. I'm 11, so I've been at NewCom my whole life. Jonathan and I joined our small group when I was pregnant with Clara, and though it's taken many shapes and forms, watching families come and go, changing nights of the week, creatively tackling logistics, mostly around corralling our up to 34 or 36, if you count foster kids, group. It's been one of the best experiences in our lives. I've also been involved in kids' community much of our time at Newcom, teaching in classrooms from the nursery up to fifth grade, which is where I've landed most of this past year. I have started helping volunteer too, which has been really fun. I'm also a part of the girls' small group, which is awesome, and I can't wait to join youth group this fall. We are so glad you're here and pray that you are, even in this time of unprecedented uncertainty, clinging tightly to Jesus, experiencing his peace, and being filled with his joy. Join us in this call to worship. Heavenly Father, Christ within us, Spirit we breathe. We offer gratitude for being present today and yet scattered in various places. Still our thoughts as we open our souls to your message. Give us mindfulness of our bodies as we breathe in and out. Help us to release thoughts of our day, worries that consume us in the multitude of distractions as we breathe in and out. We continue our worship today in the name of our unhurried Father. Amen. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. 
You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. In prayer, let us confess to God as a community. Almighty God, you know us. Before you, all hearts are open, all desires known, and all secrets laid bare. During this time, you send us the spirit of courage, but we are at times afraid. You send us the spirit of truth, but we hold tightly to illusions and lies. You send us the spirit of healing, but we give harbor to our hurts. Holy Spirit, forgive and come to us again. Stir our hearts, set our souls on fire, and give us power to rejoice and live in love. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. New community, hello. Welcome to our Sunday podcast. Uh, I actually do not know what Sunday this is. I just know that it is the last Sunday in May uh, that you will be listening to this. Uh, We are in the last Wednesday of May, and I have the distinct privilege of sitting here with one of, literally one of my favorite people in the whole world, Julie Jones. Julie, how are you? Oh, hey guys. I'm doing really well. How are you, Kev? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. We get to uh, talk about, um, I think, a important topic right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would say a fun topic, but uh, certainly a topic that I think many of us have uh, lived into and tried to figure out what what do our lives look like in the midst of um, a culture that is frenetic in a lot of ways and a uh, society that um, is uh, highlights and values busyness to a degree that maybe is spiritually unhealthy. So um, one of the unique things about the quarantine that I have noticed is uh, many people have said that their life has slowed down in pretty significant ways. Uh, If I'm truly honest, uh, my life, I would not say has slowed down, but maybe has uh, increased in workload just for a variety of reasons. Um, But your quarantine, Julie, uh, explain, has it slowed down for you? And if so, what has that looked like? Uh, yeah, I would say it's definitely slowed down. Um, I'm still working and I'm working from home, which oft, or oftentimes, which creates challenges and some busyness in itself. But beyond that, all of our kids' activities have been canceled. Their school has been canceled. They've been home. My husband has a job that he travels a lot. He is not traveling, obviously, right now. He's working a lot from home as well. But what I've noticed is that our schedule is, well, there isn't really one. It's the girls have school in the morning-ish, and we do that type of stuff, but we are home. Um, We are not sprinting around. Uh, My girls have been really involved in different sports and activities and things like that. And so I would say for the past probably two years, I spend a ton of time in my car driving my kids' places and sprinting from one thing to the next and trying to figure out how to 
incorporate work and family life and schedule and all of that stuff. And so quarantine for us has been really, uh, at the beginning, it was very odd to slow down so much. And then as it's gone on, we've had a lot of time to reflect on the areas that we were probably living unhealthily, Mm -hmm. hurried and busy. Um, And then the breath of fresh air it is to just be in this time as well. Yeah. So the the podcast or the title of this is um, The Unhurried Life. So you talk about two different things in there. One about um, activity level and busyness, which is maybe how our culture speaks about it. But then the idea of uh, kind of into a forced period of slow down uh, or slowing down, you now realized how hurried you once were. Um, We are in, again, like I said earlier, in a culture that I think really values this idea of um, Mm -hmm. the the people that are most important are the busiest people. They're getting the most stuff done. And we look to those people as, man, that's that's who I should be or who I want to be. Maybe not the case, though. Uh, A.W. Tozer says this. He says, every age has its own characteristics. Right now, we are in an age of religious complexity. The simplicity which is in Christ is rarely found among us. In its stead are programs, methods, organizations, and a world of nervous activities which occupy time and attention and can never satisfy the longing of the heart. So Tozer, which I believe he wrote this in like the 40s or 50s, so a long time ago. So this is even, you know, uh, far more intense than when he first wrote this. Um, What is the difference from your perspective between somebody who is busy versus somebody who is hurried? Or is there a difference? Yeah, I think there is a difference. Um, And I would agree with you because I think as we talk about culture, we even talked about this in small group a couple of years ago about how... We're in small group together, in yep. case you did not know that. <laughs> uh, so Julie and uh, her husband Brad and Grace uh, and I have been in small group for seven years, eight years now? Uh, Nine years? Ten years? Nine or ten. There's actually no way to we, know how long we know. have been in small group, but for a Some very long time. Some would say too long. Yeah. Some would say not long enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, but we've talked about in small group how when you ask somebody how they're doing, one of their main things that the first response is busy, but... yeah. And it's almost like this badge of honor. And it's not, it, it's both in the Christian world and the non-Christian, whatever it is. Like, yeah. that's just how we are. And I think um, it is very, you can be busy and have an unhurried spirit. Hmm. And you can be not busy and a very hurried spirit. Yeah. Or vice versa, if yeah. that makes sense. So I think the idea of unhurried and hurried comes down to your soul and your spirit and your ability to take a breath and be present in the situation and be present with the Lord and to practice the presence of God through a unhurried spirit. Yeah. So, uh, would you say that, uh, activity level is not necessarily equate to a hurried person, although it it could add to it. It doesn't necessarily mean that they, that person is hurried. Totally. I, some of the people that, are incredibly busy with activities also have this really beautiful unhurried soul and you can tell by their presence and the way that they listen to you and the way that they um, engage with the spirit um, and the ability to notice things and to be present. And then, I mean, there's been times, even that's one of the things that I reflected on this. There's times where I've maybe felt like the hurried spirit or the need to be doing things and, and not just, comfortable in my own skin or my own thoughts because I'm 
my heart, my mind is racing during yeah. these times of trying to figure things out versus just being. Yeah. And I think it's a hard practice to do, but there is a difference. So like, even as you say that you're incredibly busy with work in this time, um, I still fully believe you can be unhurried. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's like an important caveat to speak to because my guess is some will uh, listen to this and maybe they don't have a lot of uh, control over their schedule. Yep. So you have a family that you're trucking around, or driving around, getting around uh, in a job and all these different things, or you're caring for somebody who's sick right now and you may not um, have so much control and you may be in a period of life that is highly active. Working multiple jobs to put yeah. food on the table. I so we're not really talking yeah. necessarily about that as much as a posture issue of how do we, as followers of Jesus, have a posture internally in our soul that is unhurried, regardless of our schedules and regardless of the activities, right? Exactly. Yep. So there's uh, this guy that lived about 2,000 years ago named Jesus. I uh, thought you were there. <laughs> I know. Great transition, huh? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite uh, stories from the Gospels is um, Luke 8, when Jesus heals the bleeding woman. And I just, I want to read this. So it's Luke 8, 40 through 48. It says now, uh, it says this. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had only a daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. And Jesus went, and the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had, a di who had, had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surrounding you are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceived that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Uh, this is, I believe, from the ESV. And I think in the NIV, there's this like little phrase in there that says, and he listened to her whole story uh, regarding Jesus listening to this woman. In the midst of what was a very busy schedule and having a... Um, having a task at hand to go and be with Jairus's daughter, all of these crowds pressing in on Jesus. There's this moment where this woman comes, touches the fringe of his garment. He experiences, you know, power uh, leaving his presence as he talks about. And then in that moment, sits in the dirt with this woman and listens to her story. And this is, I think why I love this is because, um, it is like a true description and picture of somebody that is not hurried at any level, even though there were things to be done, tasks to do, um, and really not a ton of control over his, mm -hmm. uh, his own schedule at this point, being asked to go somewhere and heading there. And yet having the wherewithal and the moment to just sit and listen is totally a posture thing for me in terms of how Jesus had this internal spirit uh, that was never hurried. And he, he always seemed to give people 
what they needed in that moment and was never hurried and never passed mm -hmm. through people. That to me is like the essence of what we're talking about, of, of how are we, um, how are we the type of people that can be uh, in a moment and understand um, how to not be hurried regardless of the activity level around us. So for you, Julie, uh, and, and I'll throw this question out, how do you how do you assess or how do you know when you begin to like verge into that uh, I am hurried now? Again, maybe regardless of your activity level, how have you experienced that or how have you felt that? Um, I have noticed, and some of this is through reflecting during this time, um, but sometimes it is in the past, I've noticed that for our family specifically, one of our metrics is when I personally or when we as a family are unable to handle interruptions. And mm. so for me, that means, so like this story, for example, um, I think what you were talking about earlier that we almost celebrate Christians who are going to the next thing. And I think if we were to look at this, we'd be like, Jesus, no, you need to go and yeah. heal that person. Like you have on. a task, you have you a mission, got, yeah. you got to go, <laughs> go, yeah. go, go. And yeah. celebrate the people who would accomplish the most of those spiritual tasks, if yeah. you will, um, versus sitting and listening to her whole story. And yeah. so uh, I've noticed that in my life when I am not able to even notice the interruptions or the things that were maybe God is say, putting somebody in front of me or say, interrupting my life in some way. And I get annoyed at those interruptions versus noticing them and engaging in the interruptions yeah. um, is a sign that we are too hurried. Yeah. Or another thing is I have noticed when I am, when I lose the ability to listen well or listen to my kids or I'm huh. getting annoyed at their long story or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I've got something else to do totally. Yeah. Versus sitting and hearing their whole story. Yeah. Um, and I, I was reading this article this week again, <laughs> this is from Eugene Peterson and I think he wrote it in 1981 yeah. again, a while ago, but this is not a new issue for yeah. us. And he talks about listening and he says this, he says, listening requires unhurried leisure even if it's only for five minutes. Leisure is a quality of spirit, not a quantity of time. Only in that ambience of leisure do persons know they are listened to with absolute seriousness, treated with dignity and importance. Speaking to people does not have the same personal intensity as listening to people. Mm. The question I put myself, or the question I put to myself is not, how many people have you spoken to about Christ this week, but how many people have you listened to in Christ this week? The number of persons listened to must necessarily be less than the number of people spoken to. Listening to a story always takes more time than delivering a message. And I think, especially that first little bit, uh, that listening requires unhurried leisure. Yeah. And I think that really paints a picture well of when I can't listen because I'm so hurried, it's not because I'm busy with this driving to one thing or trying to do the next thing. It's that I'm, my spirit is so hurried that I'm yeah. not able to just sit and be in the moment and yeah. be with who I'm with or listen really well to somebody and listen to the spirit, like listen to what God is trying to tell me and what God is trying to do in my life versus focusing on my next task so yeah. I can do the mission yeah. and love that person well because I met their needs. But um, 
so it sounds like you're again we're kind of talking about these like uh, differences between task orientation or people orientation to a degree um and you go back to the bleeding woman story he had already healed her right i mean the woman was healed Mm -hmm. he didn't necessarily have to stop uh and because he's jesus i'm assuming that he knows all that's going on and so she touches the fringe of the garment She's healed. He can just keep on moving, knowing that, okay, I healed that woman from her uh, 12 years of bleeding. Great. I did the task that I needed to do. But the issue of people was always the most important issue. And that's where that ability to stop and to listen, uh, that's where you really see this idea of unhurriedness in his life. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you think of an interruption recently that uh, you were able to recognize? I just, we did not plan this. I just threw, uh, threw this question out to Julie. <laughs> what about you, Kevin? Yeah, you no, yeah, yeah well, yeah. So, uh, really, really well done. Uh, I can think of, of an interruption. So, uh, I had a neighbor, uh, drive by recently and, um, I noticed that the neighbor was out there and, uh, my kids ran out and waved hello to the neighbor and was talking to the neighbor. And this is not uh, necessarily a person that I know all that well, but it was a moment that, um, I have noticed that this person has um, been more around us uh, in quarantine where we stand in our front yards and talk and uh, they have a new pet, a a dog. And and so um, that's been, you know, like a highlight of the last 10 weeks for our boys because I would never own a dog. So we just let our neighbors own the dogs. (laughs) Um, Perfect. And uh, it was this moment that I chose uh, or could have chosen to go out and interact and be neighborly or to sit on my computer at the table and finish the task I was doing. And I chose to finish the task. And then uh, uh, she drove away and the boys came in and talked about uh, their conversation. And and it was one of those times where immediately I felt this, um, I don't know if it was remorse, but kind of this, uh, like a lost opportunity uh, to actually sit and listen to somebody. And it was an interruption um, that happened. I was in the middle of doing something. I wanted to get it done. And and my reasoning to get it done was good reasoning. If I can get this done now, Mm -hmm. then I can be present with my family later, Um, which I think is reasonable to think through some of those things. But sometimes God interrupts your life. And, uh, and that was one of those times where my task was more important than that person, um, which maybe is an indication that my spirit right now is a, is a little bit hurried in that, uh, I need to recognize that and times like this. And when you begin to reflect on that, you can begin to see those times where, oh yeah, that was an interruption that, um, that I disregarded because of maybe what's going on more internally. Yeah. And I think that with that, we get in the habit of ignoring those interruptions yeah. because again, we've said, because it was good meaning you've got something to do and it's a good thing to do. Yeah. That's more important in our minds because we're accomplishing that task. And I think that's a really important thing to recognize in our own lives and in my own life of it's easier not to be interrupted yeah. <laughs> as well. And so therefore we start to, we keep filling ourselves with tasks and busyness versus looking for and listening to the unhurriedness of being interrupted yeah. and being in that moment and sitting and hearing the whole story. Yeah. Um, no, I think over this time I've, I've played probably 7,000 games of Skippo. <laughs> yeah. Which guys, great game. Yeah. But the most spiritual the, game. Some, <laughs> some spiritual people game. say, <laughs> but it has, uh, my youngest loves games. And so yeah. this time has taught me, 
it's not the game itself. It's yeah. stopping what I'm doing and sitting with her face to face and yeah. playing a game and doing something together. But that spirit of not, okay, we'll play a quick game and then I'll go to my next thing. But okay, yes, let's do this. Let's sit. Let's be. Yeah. And yeah, just be being present. So that's being present with a person. Um, is it different? being present with God. So if you're unhurried in your spirit, do you think that, that sometimes, and, and maybe we even referred to this last week when we talked about, or I guess two weeks ago when we talked about the disciplines, is there a, a sense in where sometimes we just need to sit and be with God and, uh, and carve that time out in our life? Do you think that that's a helpful practice? Yes. Is that the good pastor answer? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that is the answer I was looking for, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think uh, when we are not doing that, I mean, we talk about our schedule. We talk about, we. if everybody looks on their calendar, you have a whole pack schedule. Yeah. Why do we not schedule in times? Yeah, sure. Calendars, make appointments for that in a sense of yeah. just sitting and being um, with the Lord because that is when you hear him. Yeah. And I don't think you have to, even as I say that, I don't think you have to do a two-hour quiet time in order for totally. to be spiritual. Yeah. But I do think you have to stop and pause yeah. and be able to recognize. Um, another metric that I have is when I start feeling anxious or fear, feeling fearful or thinking through all the plans and trying to control yeah. Yeah. things um, is usually when I'm not able to be present and listening to the Lord yeah. and being able to be unhurried in my soul. Yeah. Um, recognizing the things that I have control over and the things that I don't have control over and listening to the things that he is putting in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so this idea of hurriedness, uh, I, I'm guessing 99% of the people that will listen to this will resonate with this idea of, uh, of hurriedness and living at different points, different seasons in life, um, a hurried life. What, what can be done? So, uh, if, if you were listening to this and feel like, okay, there's, there's something wrong in my soul, something wrong in my spirit. Um, we came up with maybe two points that we think might be helpful. Um, certainly there are more, but, uh, but the first one I, I think is really important is this idea of simplicity. Uh, Foster, again, uh, a gentleman that we referred to a couple weeks ago when we talked about the spiritual disciplines, he says, the witness to simplicity is profoundly rooted in the biblical tradition and most perfectly exemplified in the life of Jesus Christ. So simplicity, I don't think, means um, removing yourself from society and living on a um, off-the-grid, sustainable farm. Although for some people, that is a very simple life, potentially, and might work well. For many of us, that's not the reality we live in. So um, I, I think the task of figuring out how do we actually live simply can be really, really helpful. And for me... It has started in um, recognizing what are some of the complexities in life that I have built myself into that are not needed complexities, um, that are things that um, don't make sense and actually don't give me the ability um, to uh, practice that sense of the presence of God in silence or uh, in quietness. So uh, one of the uh, real like tangible way that I have seen this play out recently is um, 
a uh, Instagrammer person who um, I'm not a huge Instagram uh, individual, but I know individuals that are. And uh, I overheard somebody watching a story of an individual bemoaning the fact of how busy they were and how little time there was uh, to actually get the things done around their house that they needed to and just feeling like my life is frenetic, my life is chaotic, and I don't know what to do. And my first kind of sense was um, it seems like that person is spending a lot of time on Instagram sharing their experience uh, about how busy and how chaotic they are. Could that time being spent sharing that story uh, be allocated in different ways and maybe uh, provide some reprieve for this individual? Now, uh, I, I try to say that without judgment, more just a uh, like qualitatively, it, are there, do we build practices in that are actually not needed practices that just create more noise, create more um, uh, complexity that then make us feel hurried? So then you add that on to busy schedules, which maybe we don't have control over, and now it's like uh, you're, you've tipped over the other side. Um, like another an, another way that I, I think this can play out is um, like just having stuff, mm-hmm. having so much stuff. So uh, and and feeling the need to continue to fill our homes with different things, I think, can lead to more complexity and more of this like hurried uh, spirit about us. So um, like developing a kind of a decluttering practice, which we all do in the spring anyways. You go through your garage and say, man, I haven't used that thing in three years. Let's get rid of it. I think that's like a, can be a really cathartic and helpful experience uh, and helpful practice that if we just committed ourselves to do that year round, we might feel like a, like less weight that we are trying to carry. Uh, other ideas about simplicity or, uh, or things that you have kind of seen in your own life? Yeah, no, I think the idea of simplicity is a really good one because it can be in stuff. It can be, I mean, you're right. When you have less stuff in your house, there's less to clean. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah mean, totally. I mean, it's these little things and little choices that we make. Um, and I think the Instagram is a good example because we all have things like that. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, but I think feeling the freedom to say no to things or to recognize that there are different seasons for things yeah. in your life is a really healthy thing. And I, because I think... Again, I think a lot of the time we're trying to do all of these things that are really, really good. There's a million things we could be involved in yeah. that are really great, either organizations or activities or um, helping people, serving. But I think sometimes when we just keep adding and adding and adding these things, and not we don't realize that we can either say no to some of these really great things, yeah. or as you add something, it's probably a time to evaluate and look at what you're going to take out. Yeah. Um, so this would be point two, right? Saying actually the ability to say no yes. to something, which new community, we are giving you the freedom to say no to good things. Absolutely. Yep. And that's a hard, that's a really hard thing to do. It's yeah. way easier said than done because it is, you feel this tug and there's a balance with everything, right? So probably the people hearing this, <laughs> some people need to probably say yes to some things Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely people that need to say no to some things or to take things out of their schedule or their life or their activities. And that can include relationships too. Yeah. Um, you cannot fully invest in every single person that you want to fully invest in. And so what people are the people that God has put in my life right now that I need to invest in? 
that still gives me the ability to be interrupted and yeah. still invest in some more people or love people or listen. But overall, who are the core people that I'm investing in yeah. and pouring myself into? Which people have I poured into and maybe it's time to shift away from? Yeah. Um, even Jesus, again, yeah. that Jesus that, character. That guy we were talking yeah. about earlier. Uh, in Mark 135 through 39, it says this. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And so you can read this and you can think, yeah, so he's doing the next thing. But at the same time, if you look at this, he's also saying no to something else. Yeah. So he said, no, I know these people want me there right now. Yeah. But no, this is where I need to go yeah. right now. And that's okay. And yeah. I think that gives me the freedom to say, oh, it might be time to move on from this thing. This was a really important thing to be doing and be a part of right now. But right, it looks like God has put something in front of me that is different. Yeah. Um, but again, that comes with this idea of having the space and then the unhurriedness of your soul to listen and yeah. to look for those things and to recognize. Because if you are just sprinting, you're not going to be able to see those things yeah. or have the margin to say no. Yeah. I think um, this is where, to me, community can be a really important thing. Um, and you, you mentioned earlier that we... The uh, it's busy, but becomes this badge of honor. And um, again, I, th I think we we place on a pedestal the people that seem to be balancing and juggling the most amount of things as the most important people or the uh, the most impressive people. I wonder if just a like a a way that we begin to be different in the world around us is rather than uh, accepting the I'm busy but type of answer from your close uh, friend who's following Jesus, we actually play more accountability roles in each other's life to say, man, you say busy a lot. Mm -hmm. What's behind that? And uh, is there a way as somebody who deeply cares for you that I can help you feel less busy or be less busy um, and practice a posture of unhurriedness. Now, I think maybe a better answer is um, we are busy. However, my soul feels really at peace right now. Now, that's a, that's an answer that I would love to be able to give all the time. But oftentimes it's just left it. We are busy and I don't know how I'm managing right now. And that's um, oftentimes we hear that and just say, oh, OK, you know, I'm busy, too. Maybe part of what we do as a community is say, uh, well, let's evaluate that and let's talk about how do we uh, keep each other accountable to uh, practicing more simplicity in different ways. Uh, or let me look at your calendar with you and all of the things that you've agreed to do and let's walk through what are some of those things um, that maybe it's a season to let go so that you have more space carved out. Yeah. Oh, we've had people do that with us too and we've done it with other people. And it's, I think... The commitment is also the ability and the vulnerability to say, okay, I will let you speak into my life. Totally, And have yeah. to receive that. Um, because there was a time a little bit ago where somebody said just that to us. Like, hey, what about what about this? What if you said no to this yeah. for at least three months? Yeah. And I didn't want to, but it was the best thing for us. And I yeah. was thankful for that. Um, I also think this is a really good time as well as so many things have been cut off 
asking ourselves the questions of what are we going to hurry back to? Yeah. And when these quarantines lift, what are the things that we've realized are life-giving yeah. and that we miss and that are important in our spiritual lives? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that are just sucking time? Yeah. And um, even if that's a really good thing, yeah. what are the things that we should hurry back to and what are the things that we should let go of? Yeah. Uh, do you have any in mind as you think about, you know, as economy slowly opens up and life is not certainly not normal, but is moving that direction? Are there things that you have felt like, um, oh, this is a this is a practice we want to continue to implement or a thing that we are certainly just going to let go? Um, I think something for implementing practice and something that I've always thought is important as a family uh, is to eat dinner together. Yeah. But as we are sprinting around most of the time that doesn't always happen yeah and not that it has to happen every night but it's a rhythm that we've been able to do over the past 10 weeks yeah that i want to hold on to because we are sitting and looking at each other in the face um and it's a sign of whether or not we are hurried or unhurried by being able to be present with each other um another one is kids activities Mm -hmm. we were doing too many yeah and so it's okay that they're not in everything. Yeah. And I've always said that as a parent, that I don't want to be that parent who's sprinting around, but you just slowly yeah. start doing it. Kids want to do more and more things and you figure out a way to accommodate. And yeah, Totally. Yeah. And some of it, again, there will be times where we do have a lot of activities because we want to try things, you know, and do it, but you don't have to do everything all the time. Yeah. And there's a way to space those things out. And, yeah. Um, so I think that... Uh, uh, so one of the ways I've seen this in my life is um, I tend to be somebody that's pretty task oriented and I, uh, I value efficiency. And so the relational personal side of meetings and things for me tend to be more like uh, the process to how can we communicate and uh, how can we be um, how can we be most efficient use of our time. The quarantine has revealed to me the need to actually check in with people mm-hmm. at a personal, individual, emotional level mm-hmm. far more than what I would typically and naturally do. I would assume everything is fine. Let's spend this hour as productive as possible. But um, in my conversations with both individuals within the church and outside of the church, there is um, people have felt uh, the repercussions of this at um, very deep levels mm-hmm. and in a variety of different ways and the ability to sit and listen and actually be willing to ask the question and say, um, well, we scheduled an hour and might only have 30 minutes to do business type stuff because the first 30 minutes is actually listening to a human being mm-hmm. and uh, sharing and sharing vulnerable myself about how this has affected me. I, I think I have noticed just how critical that is and how important that is, especially when you're, um, you're in this very unique time where things have been stripped away. Um, but that is a practice that I hope uh, I hold on to and just don't say, well, now we're back in normalcy so I can let go of that. But actually, um, like you said, trying to practice this, uh, this idea of uh, leisure listening or um, however Peterson speaks about it, I think that's something that uh, will be really important for me. And I would say as a friend, as a small group um, person in my small group, Hold me accountable to that. Uh, slow me down when I need to be slowed down and uh, allow me to to continue to see that productivity and efficiency is not always 
the highest value in my life. Which that actually, as somebody, if you guys, if new community, you don't know this, Kevin and I are very different humans, um, different personalities, I would say. As somebody who is a task-oriented person, efficiency is how you seek value sometimes, and you, or as you, efficiency is something you see as very important. Yeah. Um, how do you recognize in your life when you are hurried versus hmm. unhurried? Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, I feel, um, it, it, I, I think it boils down to uh, the sense of control that I need to have over things and people around me. Uh, I feel unhurried when my hands are open and uh, I am able to say, I can't control this situation, therefore I'm not gonna work harder to try to control it. Uh, or I'm not going to scheme uh, in my brain of what do I, what are the steps I need to do to regain control of the situation. Um, I feel very hurried when I'm living in that type of world. Um, and there are different uh, ways and times where that, uh, that feeling is certainly uh, more acutely felt. So I, I would say for the first, um, kind of the first couple of weeks of, uh, of quarantine, that was, I lived in that world. And part of why I was busier or felt busier was because I was trying to control things that were completely out of my control. Mm -hmm. Then there was this like season of, okay, I have regained balance in my life. I have unhurried my spirit because I have pursued the presence of God and have allowed him to speak into me and, uh, and help my eyes to be open to the fact that I can't control things. So just take a deep breath and chill out. Um, but then kind of as things have ramped back up, I have noticed again, uh, okay, now my life is starting to go and there are, I feel like I have influence over things and people around me. Um, and so I have started to feel that like, okay, it's time to go. It's time to be efficient. It's time to control these things. And I'm, I'm actively working to try to, again, keep my hands open and say, no spirit, come into my life, quiet my soul. Uh, what are the, what are the ways that I need to, uh, practice simplicity right now? What are the things that I need to do to live into this idea of simplifying my life? What are things that I am really willing and ready to say yes to that I don't need to say yes to so that I can continue to be unhurried. So um, I, I don't know if that's a, a, a great answer or something that other people feel um, like they can relate to, but that is kind of my experience in the midst of that. I don't feel stress and anxiety are not um, emotions or feelings that I tend to feel. Uh, or tend to experience, it's more the ability to, I want to influence and I want to control things around me, mm -hmm. which is certainly not healthy. Mm -hmm. I, as you were talking about that um, and you were saying, I, I was remember, reflecting back on how you were just saying how great it would be if you asked somebody how they were doing and they said, busy however my soul is at rest. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I also paired with that, think it'd be really beautiful to hear the response and to celebrate the response of, I'm great. We are not busy. Yeah. <laughs> Our lives feel very unhurried yeah. right now. I think a lot of times we associate that with laziness. Yeah. Um, and maybe without even meaning to, but I think that that would be a really refreshing and beautiful answer yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I just was thinking about that as like the, as you're talking about things ramping back up and again, what are we saying yes to and what are we saying no to, to be able to say, well, either one of those. And yeah. those responses at different times, I'm busy, however, my soul is at rest or we don't have a bunch going on right now and it is yeah. fantastic and we are with people and just able to be. Yeah. I have, uh, so I've got three boys, uh, my oldest, um, this was three days ago, um, woke up on a, I think it was the last Friday. So they didn't have school technically. Um, and, uh, he said it was going to be his lazy day and he was going to (laughs) wear jammies all day, which he accomplished. He wore the same set of jammies for like 36 hours. And (laughs) I felt right away this like thing bubbling up in my spirit to say you have had (laughs) 10 weeks of lazy days (laughs) what in the world are you doing but there there is that moment um you know like out of the babes or out of the mouths of babes uh there's something really beautiful Mm -hmm. about this sense of i don't need to produce Mm -hmm. i don't need to uh, do a bunch of stuff i don't even really need to be that efficient i'm having a lazy day and um that's not something I practice mm-hmm. all that much. Uh, and even on vacation, uh, when we, when my wife and I or, or family and I take vacation, it's this, like, I feel guilty for leaving of, oh my gosh, is this creating work for other people? And how quickly can I get back? And can I do a little work while I'm away? It, uh, to, to more embody that, uh, that idea of my oldest son and just say, I'm in my jammies all day and I'm having a lazy day. And, um, and I know that my value doesn't come from how hurried I am, how busy I am, how much I can produce, mm-hmm. how much uh, I can get done. My value uh, is in Christ and mm-hmm. in uh, how the Father sees me as a loved creation. And that's, I think that's ultimately mm-hmm. the place we get to. And in, until we can actually see ourselves through those eyes, mm-hmm. I think it's probably very challenging to actually ever feel at rest, to ever feel like you're not hurried. Um, so um, Richard Rohr, uh, he says this, um, which we have used I, I'm probably five times in the last couple of years, but I, I think it's such a beautiful uh, kind of picture of what we're talking about. He says, we do not think ourselves into new ways of living. We live ourselves into new ways mm-hmm. of thinking. And... Um, I think some of this, uh, this conversation about unhurriedness is really a, we have to live ourselves into new ways of thinking. And that happens, like we said, in community with accountability, and that happens maybe in simplicity, and that happens with just beginning to say no. And as we begin to implement some of those practices, as we begin to recognize in our own uh, hurried spirits that we can, we can actually live ourselves into a new way of thinking so we can actually give the answer of, I am at rest. Uh, I, I'm busy, but my soul is at rest. Or we are not busy and <laughs> my soul is at rest. That's ultimately where I want to be, where you want to be, where I think our community wants to be. Uh, but I do think some of it is, uh, is probably a um, living ourselves into new ways of thinking. Yeah. Julie, is there, yeah, add? I was... Just thinking when you were talking about your kid, uh, I'm picturing which kid it was. Yeah, but, <laughs> you probably know. And he, like, he was practicing Sabbath. Is yeah, what he was doing. Yeah, and he's been practicing Sabbath for ten <laughs> weeks. It's, a, it's great. But it is like this. Totally. Yeah, I love it. Like yeah. it's a really creating the space. If we could just 
commit to creating the space to practice Sabbath and yeah. listen, I think our souls would be unhurried. Yeah. Um, in that same article that I was referring to earlier, Eugene Peterson says, I can work and pray, but I cannot be busy and pray. I cannot be inwardly, inwardly rushed, distracted, or dispersed. In order to pray, I have to be paying more attention to God than to what people are saying to me. More attention to God than to my clamoring ego. Hmm. And I think that goes along with it is this idea of paying attention to God and not being inwardly rushed or distracted. Yeah. So yeah, I think I agree with you. I just think if we can take those little steps, it's a lot of little decisions yeah. that we make and practicing new habits of unhurrying our souls. Yeah. So new community, let us leave you with this today. Um, if you feel hurried, there is a different way to live. Uh, and we are a church that will continue to speak to this idea of, um, of living ourselves into new ways of thinking, uh, of being a people that is not only present with each other, um, but present with ourselves, uh, and then also present with the Father who sees us as loved and valued. So we love you, uh, and we encourage you this week and for the weeks continuing uh, to think through what have you learned uh, in this last uh, time of quarantine, uh, and what should you take with you as we kind of emerge back into more regularity. Uh, we love you. We hope that you have a great Sunday and a great rest of your week. See you later. Consider an unhurried life as you reflect on these questions. What does it look like this week to create intentional space to listen? What does rest look like for me this week? And how might I entrust my long-term desires to God? How have you listened to yourself and God during this quarantine? How can you do less and be more? What might it look like to mindfully leave space in your week to respond to those in need. I leave you with these words from Kitty O'Mara. And the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, 
Some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently. And the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed, and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. Now I leave you with this benediction. New community, as you carry on with your day, take with you a sense of restoration and rest and desire to live in unhurried space. May you find the balance of effort meeting rest and may you feel God there. May you build space into your lives that you might find healing and satisfaction. In this way, we will truly live out the church here on earth as we breathe in and out. We pray in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.